Welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the definitive show on Airbnb hosting, featuring the best advice on how to maximize profits from your Airbnb listing, as well as real-life experiences from Airbnb hosts all over the world. Welcome. We are your hosts, Joseva Kapadia and Jasper Rivers. Get paid for your pad. 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 Hey everybody and welcome back to another episode of Get Paid for Your Pad. Today I am here with somebody I met at the Airbnb Open a couple of weeks ago in San Francisco, which was a great event with about 1,500 hosts all around the world. And I met somebody from Australia. His name is Stephen Ryan. Stephen, welcome to the show. Hi, Jasper. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. How are you? Fantastic. How did you like the Airbnb Open? Um, it was a wonderful event. Um, absolutely amazing, actually. Um, obviously, all the Airbnb-related content was fantastic, um, and, and being able to see the speakers and presented and the, uh, the talks and things were great, but also just the networking. Um, you're a great example of that. Um, some of the connections that I've made there, sort of a life changes and stuff, so it was a really, really valuable event, yeah. Awesome. Did you meet a lot of Airbnb hosts before during your uh, time in Australia, or was um, this the first time that you... Yeah. I have a group that I run um, for hosts in Sydney, so um, I think that there's approaching 1,500 members there, and we have meetups occasionally and, you know, have a picnic or something and just chat, so I probably know a pretty wide circle of hosts uh, within Sydney, but obviously not really outside of there, so it was nice to see what other people are doing around the world. Awesome. So can you introduce yourself to our listeners, please? Absolutely. Uh, yes, I'm Stephen Ryan. Um, I currently live in Sydney. I grew up in a, in a small town in New South Wales, um, moved to Sydney to, to pursue my studies um, and have been here since. Um, I, uh, I work as a graphic designer. Um, also on the side, I'm, I'm building a business uh, mentoring people to, to create wealth um, through investment, um, which I'm sort of going to be transitioning into full time probably over the next year. Um, bit of an entrepreneur as well. I always have a lot of balls up in the air in terms of business and ideas and things as well. Um, and I've been hosting for about 18 months. Um, it's been one of the most enriching things I've done in my life. Uh, I've probably had about 60 or so guests through now um, and absolutely love it as well. So I'm very passionate about the whole hosting um, thing. Awesome. Uh, what, what type of listing do you have? I have uh, a one-bedroom apartment which has three different um, options for people to stay. They I mean, very rarely I offer the entire apartment for people when I'm away, um, but ordinarily my main, um, my main guests either choose to sleep in my lounge room on my couch or in my bedroom and I sleep on the couch, which is, is actually a bit of fun for me to camp out in the lounge room. <laughs> um, and I find that I have a really interesting flow of, of people coming through all sorts of different backgrounds there too. Um, you'd be surprised the kind of people that are, that are only spending a few dollars to sleep on a couch. Um, you know, I've had a lot of people that have been performing, like say at the Opera House, for example, and another person um, coming to Sydney to sell a startup for a very large sum, which they successfully did as well. So, uh, again, just such an interesting stream of people coming through from the shared hosting. That's my big preference. I really enjoy the experience of interacting with the hosts. Awesome. And how do you 
how do you do this? Do you, do you have two listings? Like you, you put your, I have, your I have three totally separate listings. Yep. Um, they're all for the same property, but they're just listed based on the criteria. So one's ticked as a private room, one's as a, a shared room, and one's as an entire apartment. Ah, okay, so you have three listings up there. And then yep. um, how do you manage that in terms of like synchronizing? Yeah, unfortunately at the moment I just have to do that manually. So I just have to be mindful whenever I take a booking on one of the listings to automatically block the uh, the calendar for uh-huh. the same period for the other two. Um, so yeah, just have to manually handle it for now. So that may be an interesting feature for the future for Definitely. people who are something like you where you have uh, a share where you can have a shared calendar over multiple listings. I think so. I mean, I think that's a feature that a few people have have spoken to Airbnb about. I heard at the open those questions coming up, Mm. but I guess it's obviously they're trying to keep their user interface very simple and straightforward. And so every time they consider adding a new level of complexity, they really think about it for a while first, but they know that it's something that a few hosts would find very useful. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, they've they've recently rolled out uh, a bunch of new features that they announced at the Airbnb Open. They have, but, yeah. I, but I think it's is are those live in Australia yet? Uh, I don't know if they're live to the public because we were given uh, early access, I guess, to um to the dashboard and those sorts of things. Um, so I, I couldn't tell you from an outside perspective. Um, but right. they're certainly live for me. Um, and it's a nice sort of change to the uh, the whole way that works. Makes things a bit easier and clearer. Uh huh. Yeah, definitely. I think they made a, a lot of improvements. Yeah. So especially to the calendar. Oh, absolutely. A lot of, uh, lot of extra options. So yeah, for those who don't see that yet, that's all going to be coming out soon. And there's also, they, they give you a lot of information about demand and suggestions yep. for pricing. Have you experienced, uh-huh. have, you, um, have you used that a lot so far or? I have looked at that stuff, but to be honest, the, the pricing recommendations are still a bit out of whack at the moment. Um, I guess for me in Sydney, where I'm located, the recommended pricing is a lot higher than um, is reasonable for my area. Um, so there's still some work for them them to do there, I think. Um, okay. But it's probably more useful for some hosts in other areas where it's a bit more accurate, I think. Right. Mm. Yeah, and have you, uh, have you heard of Beyond Pricing? Uh, no, I haven't. Okay, because they're they're a company who provides uh, pricing, uh, automated pricing for for listings, but uh, and they're only live in the US now. Uh, I but, think that uh, I may have heard them mentioned at the open in passing, but didn't didn't hold on to the actual business name. Okay, mm. so yeah, I've uh, I've talked to the the people uh, from Beyond Listing, checked out their the algorithm. Yep. I think it's really good, but it's not live in in Amsterdam yet either, so I'm not using it. Uh, yeah. But um, awesome, man. So you've had pretty good experiences huh, with, with Airbnb in general. Uh, most definitely, yeah, absolutely. And how did, you, how did you get to start with Airbnb? I was actually uh, doing a 10-day Vipassana meditation course, which meant I was out of my home for, for 10 or 11 days. Um, and I, I decided I'd try and see if I could you know, rent my place out while I was away. Um, and next thing you know, I had a listing on Airbnb, which was booked for the whole time I was away uh, within 24 hours. Oh, wow. And um, when I returned, um, I had still had my listing online um, and was getting inquiries just for the whole apartment and realized that that wasn't going to work because I would need to be able to find somewhere to stay for myself on short notice, but thought about uh, just renting out the couch or my room. So I added those options. Um, and from there, I just had a constant flow of inquiries. I, I sort of got in at the right time with the right pricing and 
and had some good reviews initially to just get some momentum and from there um, things just kept flowing. So um, it's been pretty busy um, in the 18 or 19 or so months since I initially got started. Oh, oh awesome, man. What, what did you do? You did a 10-day meditation course? Uh, yeah, Vipassana meditation, mindfulness meditation. So I practice uh, meditation most days um, and that's just a really intensive course where you sit from about 4.35 in the morning um, until essentially 9.30 at night with a few quick breaks for meals in between uh, with your eyes closed and just focus on uh, all sorts of things that are arising at the moment, sensations, physical things um, and sounds and all that sort of stuff. It's very, uh, very challenging experience, but it's, uh, it's well worth doing. I think. Wow, what are some of the benefits that you get from that? Um, uh, it, the, there's a slew of benefits. Um, I think the main benefits for me um, is that it gives you a, a sort of an internal stillness um, and an equanimity towards things that happen and arise. Uh, so rather than kind of getting buffeted around um, by changes in your situation and emotions and those kinds of things, um, you're able to sort of take a step back and just see things um, as simply being rather than um, as positive or negative, which can give you a, it can give you a really good tool to, to move through life uh, without sort of fear and worry and concern about things. And uh -huh. also this gives you a tool with which you can find complete and utter contentment and well-being in every single moment, no matter what's going on, where you are, literally just uh, close your eyes and tune in to, to the physical sensations arising in your body um, and you find yourself in a, just a, a place of uh, stillness. It's really... Um, really powerful uh, tool, but it does take a lot of digging to really get any significant rewards from. Hence the the ten day course. Oh wow, um, that's because yeah, that's a long time. You you do it the whole day. I, 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 it's, it's more than a hundred hours jam packed into a very short period of time, which is a pretty significant um, undertaking. But it just it sharpens your lens of observation so much that um, the depth with which your uh, meditation practice can get find its way after that is uh, a whole new level. So it's really powerful. Interesting. Do you have any, any funny stories about Airbnb hosts of uh, Airbnb guests that you had? Uh, I suppose uh, I have a few funny stories, probably not too many I will be able to share publicly, um, but I have had some really, <laughs> some really interesting people that have, that have come through my, um, my, my listing. Um, I think one of the most interesting was a 59-year-old woman who was, I think I mentioned earlier, was performing at the, the Sydney Opera House um, and she was one of the most unique uh, people I've ever met in my life. She was so bright and bubbly and energised and alive. Um, we just had a great time and she uh, is very socially unconventional uh, but just a lovely warm spirit and stuff. So I had a really interesting time with her. Um, and seeing her just pursuing her dreams and passions is really inspiring as well. Mm -hmm. Awesome. And um, you you mentioned that you are you have an Airbnb group. Correct? Yes. Yeah, that's so right. You're, so you're pretty actively involved in the Airbnb community. Uh, reasonably so. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's not like an enormous component of my life. I, I do quite a few other things as well, but I'm definitely active enough um, because I really believe that it's a wonderful wonderful um, shift in the economy basically in the way that um, people are able to utilize their assets, um, change their lives and make traveling experiences better for other people. So I'm doing my part to help other hosts improve and answer questions for them and, and just ensure that this idea continues to grow and flourish because I really think it's, um, it's a positive thing that's happening. So, yeah. yeah. So we're definitely on the same page there. 
<laughs> do you um is it is the group that you host is it a uh, an airbnb group or is it on meetup.com or let's it's, say it's, somebody it, wants to get in somebody wants to join the group like can you tell a little bit yeah. more about it um yeah yeah well it's, it's essentially designed specifically for hosts in sydney so uh it's just a tool it's it's through the uh, the airbnb channel so the the group's setting mm-hmm. on the actual website um and it's just a place for hosts in sydney to discuss the generic type of stuff um, that have they, the questions that they have about hosting and listings and that sort of stuff, but also Sydney specific things uh-huh. in terms of issues with legislation and tax and cleaners and key changes and all those kinds of things. And um, yeah, we meet up occasionally just as a bit of a social casual thing and, and see what happens. But there's always plenty of questions and ideas exchanged and stuff. Mm-hmm. At those, meetings. yeah. Okay, good, good stuff. So. Um do you know, because we had another guy from Sydney, his name is Paul. Do you know him? I do know Paul, yeah. Okay, yeah, he was a guest on our show uh, a few uh, uh, few episodes back. So there's a, uh, it's, it's, I believe it must be pretty popular in Sydney now. Is it is. It? It's, a, it's a growth market for Airbnb. They identified Sydney as, a, as an area with a lot of potential for them and established an office here a while ago now. I'm not sure exactly how long, but it's well over a year. Um, and they've, they've really been pushing the growth, and um, they've seen that. I've kept an eye on listing numbers, and they've exploded at a ludicrous exponential rate since I had initially listed, mm-hmm. um, and it's still seeming to grow and grow and grow. Sydney's obviously an international destination, and the way our hotels are clustered at the moment is over a very small area in an extremely expensive um, pockets of Sydney, basically. So Airbnb is allowing people who are travelling here to get and stay for a much more economical um, amount in uh, areas that are more convenient to where they want to be. So there seems to be a huge amount of demand that's uh, being absorbed by all the, the listings and stuff. So I imagine it's going to keep growing for some time um, at a pretty good rate because, like I said, there's a lot of people that are travelling to Sydney in a year um, looking for places, and Airbnb is a good option for a lot of them. Hey, and... Um I was going to ask you, uh, what's what are the regulations like in Sydney? Is it is Airbnb legal there, or um, it depends on uh, what you're doing? If you're, for example, if you're renting an apartment, um, by default, uh, the tenancy agreement between a landlord and the tenant says tenants are not to sublet their apartment. So most tenants who are renting somewhere in Sydney, if they're choosing to Airbnb, are in breach of their their tenancy agreement with their landlord. Um, but that said, um, I am a landlord. I have a few investment properties as well, and I've actually had tenants of mine ask me through Airbnb, um, believe it or not, through my listing, whether or not they were able to list their own place on Airbnb, one of their spare rooms. And, of course, I said yes. I think it's a wonderful uh, thing for them to do, and it will also generate some extra income for them, which means that they'll be able to, to stay in a nice apartment through a few rent rises as well. Um and so it's just a matter of getting direct consent from your landlord or your property manager to change uh-huh. that um, clause, basically. And outside of that, if you're a property owner, uh, most councils in, in Sydney aren't particularly worried about people um, letting out a spare room or something like that in their apartment. But if there's a noise complaint or something like that um, in, in the wrong area, that's when a council will sort of move in and, and sort of have something to say about what people are doing with the short-stay accommodation uh-huh. There's a few pockets that have been particularly um, tough on hosts, like a few certain areas, uh, but most most councils seem to be fairly supportive, neutral, or just turning a blind eye at the moment until legislation catches up with uh, what's going on. So, yeah, it's certainly not like a New York type of scenario where okay. there are major issues. 
there at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of that has to do with just how astronomically expensive uh, property is and accommodation in Sydney. Um, it's just, you know, it's opening the door. And uh, I think that a lot of our councils are aware of a lot of the uh, the economic impacts and benefits of, of having people in their local communities rather than yeah. just cluster the CBD where most, most accommodation is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's great for local businesses to uh, oh, it's, it's, fantastic. it's like you said that most cities the hotels are pretty clustered around the certain areas, and yeah. um, whereas Airbnb apartments are pretty pretty well spread out through the city, I think. So yeah, absolutely. I think yeah. it's definitely uh, definitely good for uh, for the local businesses, and also because people don't have to spend so much money on accommodation. Yeah, um, you know, we're, we're, we were talking to, uh, to Paul about this, uh, on, on the other episode where if you, if you're saving a hundred dollars a day on accommodation, then yep. you're, you're going to end up spending more money in the city, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's going to be more evenly spread across smaller businesses and things rather than just a, a huge hotel chain. Exactly. Um, yeah. Just, just great. Yeah. I think a lot of our councils recognize that, which is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's great. Um, what's, what are some advice that you can give to people who are looking to start on Airbnb? Like, how do you, how do you become successful so quickly like you did? Uh, it all for me just comes down to, to having an understanding of, of business and people. Um, it's very, very important to, to look at this as a customer centric service. And by that, I mean, you really need to look after your guests and make sure they have a fantastic time. Um, that's the core of it. Um, and my real trick there is simply to exceed the expectations they arrive with uh-huh. um, because if people come and expect one thing and get more than they expected, they're going to be very happy um, and it makes you feel good for going above and beyond too. So obviously if, if you're a host that has a luxury um, penthouse, the expectations your guests arriving might have will differ dramatically to somebody who's paying $20 a night to sleep on your floor in a lounge room or something. Um, but the trick really is just to go above and beyond, you know, a few surprises here and there that, that were unexpected or a free upgrade or something like that can make a huge difference. Um, and obviously ensuring that your guests feel like you're there um, to help them as much as possible, whether you're sharing a place or, or hosting the entire apartment and, and are elsewhere, making sure that they feel that there's a line of contact there if they need anything at all and they don't feel uncomfortable to ask. Um, so if, they, if they feel like you're really your one number one mission is to make sure that they have a fantastic stay, they'll really feel appreciated. Um, and look after your place and, um, you know, be, be fairly trouble free as well. So that's my big trick. And as, I guess for you, when people, when somebody books your couch, it's, uh, yeah. it's easy to over deliver by just offering them your bed. <laughs> exactly. Which in, incidentally I do quite often. Um, it's a nice, it's wonderful to do that, especially when somebody's just flown in internationally and they're tired and stuff. I want to get in and have a nice sleep to just pop them into a nice quiet private room for them to have a sleep. Uh, and I, I sleep out on the couch. I do I do a fair bit of work and stuff too, so it's, it's fine by me. I'll, I don't sleep a huge amount anyway, so um, mm-hmm. it doesn't sort of matter where I am when my eyes are closed. I'm sleeping like anyone else anywhere. <laughs> hey, and um, I, do you always like, get the chance to check in your guests personally? Because it seems well, like you have a pretty busy life. So I do I do usually. Um, well, maybe not usually, at least probably half of the time. Uh, a lot of my guests, though, are able to check themselves in remotely. Um, just with a lockbox and the key inside, so um, I have the options for uh, for both. Okay, 
Okay, that's that's very uh, convenient. Um, I think a lot of people are using the lock boxes and stuff. But how do you how do you make sure when somebody checks in at a time when you're at work mm-hmm. um, to sort of still make them feel like you're personally welcoming them? I, I remember Paul, yeah. Paul was saying that he, you know, he always drops by after work to to say hello yeah. or he gives them a call yeah. as soon as they arrive yeah. or something like that. That's a similar similar strategy for me. I always try and meet my guests the, the day or night that they've checked in after or before work if possible, um, and if not, um, a phone call on my lunch break or in the afternoon or something just to check in and see that they're going okay. Um, mm-hmm. I also encourage guests before they arrive to drop me a text to let me know that they've, they've checked in successfully uh-huh. um, and if they have any questions so I know that if they've got anything that I would, you know, they want, want answered or need addressed or something, I can act on that fairly quickly. Um, and often another strategy um, for me is just to, when I do sort of meet them is to pop around with a little gift or something, a bottle of wine or some chocolates as well, just, you know, a nice unexpected surprise again uh, while I meet them. I think for building that rapport, like the face-to-face, is a really important step of making sure that they have a great time as well. So um, I always try and do that if I can. Very rarely am I out of the city completely and unable to at least pop by. Uh-huh. I'm just wondering... Um since you have free listings, is mm-hmm. it is it hard to get sort of build a good reputation on all three of them? Um, it is more difficult uh, for me on the entire apartment listing because that's where I don't have as much interaction with my guests, and that's uh-huh. where the strength of almost all of my reviews come from. Um, the type of things that uh, are usually left from guests who have shared with me. Um, revolve around uh, the conversations we had and the the time that we spent together, uh-huh. uh, which they're always glowing reviews. Whereas when I've had people that are booking an entire apartment, um, I've noticed their expectations are more of, along the lines of a hotel type experience. Right. Uh, you know, people wanting like super pampered pillows um, and those kinds of things, and and little sort of uh, containers of shampoo and that kind of stuff. So. I think that my reviews definitely, um, the ratings and stuff that I'm getting overall, there's there's definitely a difference across the board, um, whether it's the, the private room and the couch, it's usually consistently, you know, perfect ratings or close to. Um, whole apartment, though, is, is a different kettle of fish. Um, I'm having a different demographics usually booking that too. It's usually older couples mm-hmm. um, who I think from their experience in traveling and staying in hotels for decades of their, their adult life are very different to somebody is we're happily sharing a space with someone. Yeah. So it, it is difficult getting consistent reviews across the, the whole board and giving everyone a consistently good experience. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's totally true. Uh, you know, myself, I'm, uh, I rent out my whole house and I'm also not yeah. there because I'm always traveling. So yeah. it's, that, that's obviously challenging to, you know, to still build sort of that personal relationship with, with my guests. Right. And yeah, uh, so I, I do a lot of communication. I, I send a guidebook. I check in, check in with them regularly, let them know how they can contact me. And, um, and also um, something new that I'm uh, looking to do is to record a video message for them and just store it somewhere, maybe on YouTube or something. And then oh, send them a, a link. Yeah, that's a fantastic idea. Actually. I, um, yeah, I think I might uh, have to borrow that, that idea. It sounds like a great way to, kind of almost have a meet and greet when you're not really there just add a bit of a personal touch exactly yeah, yeah. and uh that's uh because that's that's what airbnb i think is about you know yeah um, it's about that personal 
relationship and it's about knowing the local who, who can give you advice and that separates the airbnb experience from a hotel experience but definitely. i definitely think there are some people who kind of expect that hotel experience um, i had one group of guests who were who actually left my apartment after one day and they checked into the marriott oh really yeah yeah it's, yeah it's it's really the it's really the only bad experience i had but uh the complaints were pretty you know pretty small i mean i i, I thought and uh you know i was kind of shocked you know because i i already had like over 100 groups who were all happy so but anyway i took i took this uh, feedback as an opportunity to make some small improvements even so in the uh, end, yeah. in the end uh, turn, i managed to turn it around and get something yep. positive out of it absolutely yeah it's good when you um you can get something useful out of those kind of uh, reviews and, and experiences as well yeah i think i've had um one of my guests who had booked the entire apartment sort of had nothing really um to say negative other than the fact that uh they think that i should definitely get a painting in my bedroom just to brighten up the walls or something like that um and so i always take all that stuff on board i haven't quite acted on that um but it was interesting um hearing that for the first time having had probably about 50 guests come through before it never mentioned it the, that was something that would have made their experience a bit better wow. so it's always good wow. to hear yeah it's interesting huh because different people have different perspectives definitely so yeah. it's 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 good to it's good to forget feedback from uh, from guests and i actually always specifically ask for feedback you know after yes. my guests leave i'll send them a a goodbye yep. message and then uh i'll ask them like hey if there's anything you thought could have been improved i would love yep. to know it because guests especially if they're happy and if they like you they're not yep. always very forward with their feedback uh, yep i found the same thing i also ask um very directly um when guests have departed or are departing um just for that stuff and really sometimes have to squeeze it out of them because a lot of people aren't comfortable you know mentioning oh you know the pillow could have been a bit of softer or something like that yeah, exactly, um, yeah, but yeah, getting that feedback is invaluable because you can, you know, put it back in and use it to make the experience for the next guest better. And it compounds when you ask enough guests how you can improve. You just have a, a much better listing overall if you integrate those suggestions. Mm -hmm. Have you ever stayed in an Airbnb apartment as a traveler? I have stayed at a few. After I had had my very first guest and before I accepted any other listings, I decided to stay on an Airbnb in Sydney just for the experience to see if I could pick up any ideas and things that I could use to improve. Uh -huh. my own listing mm -hmm. um which, which i did the, the very first thing that I, I picked up was i was offered free coffee in the morning which i hadn't really thought about but it was a, a genius move i ended up saying to that host i would happily sleep on a concrete floor if coffee is included in the morning because i i love a cup um before i get going in the day <laughs> um and if if i hadn't have had that experience and sort of had a bit of an insight into how else a, a successful host was doing their listing i i think it would have meant that i didn't start um on the right the front foot you know i had a bit of catching up to do so it was a really nice thing for me to do to stay on there i've since stayed in a few um overseas as well uh including in san francisco um which again it's useful to see things from the other perspective i think as a host if you haven't had that experience you might be missing out on a few key insights and ideas that uh, you won't sort of get from any other means awesome man well, thank you so much for being a guest on uh, on the show. I appreciate your time and your sharing your story. Yeah. Um, if people wanna wanna get in touch with you about your your the group that you're hosting in Sydney, yeah. Uh, how how can they do that? 
the best way, way probably would be uh, through my website, um, which is uh, not directly related to Airbnb, um, but it's called Cosmos Wealth. That's C-O-S-M-O-S, Wealth, W-E-A-L-T-H.com. Um, there's a little contact form on there, and if they just pop in some info that they've come through Airbnb, I'll, I'll be able to get that inquiry and follow up and, and get some uh, more contact details to them there. Um, just so you know, I'm always happy to talk to people about that stuff as well. Um, and if they want to find their way through uh, Airbnb, through the group section instead, um, they can look up the uh, the Sydney host community group. Um, currently, I think the membership's around 13 or 14 or 1,500 people. Um, they can pop on there and find me as a group organiser and drop me a message directly on Airbnb if they'd like as well. Um, I'm happy to chat there as well. Awesome. And we'll obviously uh, I'll put all these uh, links in, in, in the show notes so people can look it up. And the Perfect. show notes will be at getpaidforyourpet.com forward slash podcast. And Excellent. then you just find the episode with Stephen. Great. Great. Stephen, thank you so much for your time. It was a pleasure, was a pleasure talking talk- to you. Yeah, definitely. Good luck with your Airbnb hosting. Thanks so much. And uh, to all the listeners, thank you for listening. And as always, every Monday and Thursday, there will be a fresh episode waiting for you. And if you do want to learn more about Airbnb hosting, you can, of course, check out our book, which is also called Get Paid for Your Pad. It's available on Amazon, on Kindle, or uh, paperback version. And we also have a lot of resources, uh, blog posts, other podcast episodes. You can get the first three chapters of the book for free if you go to getpaidforyourpet.com. Thanks, everybody, and we'll see you next time. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet.